So I don't know if you'd really call this one an episode of Nerdables. Um, Travis and I were doing some testing of our equipment to do some remote broadcasting and to start doing some Skype interviews, things like that. And we started talking about uh, what's going on at E3 this week, you know, with the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, uh, the whole situation with the DRM and whether it's good, whether it's bad and what the hell's going on and who should really actually say they won E3, or at least their presentation part. So, yeah, we decided since all this was going on that we might as well just go ahead and put this up because it is pretty important, and it is part of the world of nerds. So take a listen and tell us what you think. Get those nerds! 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 So Jack Trenton, the uh, PlayStation exec who was uh, doing most of the talking during the uh, Sony presentation last night. Yeah. They had him on um, on game trailers today, and he sidestepped right. so many questions. Like, one of the main questions that they asked him that he completely sidestepped was, is Kingdom Hearts 3 going to be exclusive to the PlayStation? It's and, not. No, it's not. But he just kind of real quickly said, well, we're going to have 20 titles that are exclusive to the PlayStation. And then there's yeah. going to be 40 titles that are going to have, you know, exclusive content for us. Right. And it was like just completely did not, you know, get the question. And I saw at the bottom of the screen on another one of the interviews that they were saying, Game Trailers was saying, that Kingdom Hearts 3 is an exclusive title to PlayStation. And I'm like, no, it's no, not. It's, it's, not. it's, it's, it's cross-platform. Yeah. And my biggest thing right now is I'm just I'm wa- listening to all the fanboys and everything, and no one is really listening to what all the details are with everything. You know, right now Sony is saying that they're not going to have a DRM on first party first person shit first party titles. But correct, there's no DRM on theirs. But they will allow outside companies to do their own version of DRM. And the example that one of the PlayStation reps gave was EA and their origin service. Right. And he said, in no way will there be any DRM service set up through PlayStation like Microsoft did, where they're going to have it set up where you get your one trade, you, you have to know somebody for a month, all of that shit. They said for standard games, unless a company outside of us sets up a system where you have to enter codes through their website or something like that for their game to work, that's their own third-party system. But as far as the proprietary system through Sony and the PlayStation, there is no DRM system available on the PlayStation. Right, and well, you know, and this has been going on for a while. You know, EA, EA has Origins, um, uh, Ubisoft has UPlay. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, except it's not a – the Uplay thing isn't a DRM thing, but they could turn it into a DRM thing if they wanted to. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't do any of the online you know, multiplayer stuff without having the Uplay. Right. But, uh, and talk about, talk about hypocrisy. A company that's coming out with a giant game about Big Brother and spying and information and all that fucking shit is – you know, has the ability to do DRM with their games. Yeah, and they're saying that that Destiny could be one of the very first games that goes DRM. Which would be very interesting because everybody in the world wants to play Destiny right now. It's the big fucking game, and it's going to be gigantic. And Bungie's first, uh, you know, non-Halo thing. And if they go DRM with that thing, I think 
your Bungie fanboys and your Halo fanboys will not give a shit and do whatever Bungie asks them to to play the game. And it's that outlier, those outside guys that aren't the Halo fanboys that they're going to be like, wait a second. Yeah. So they'll still they'll still make a bundle of money, but you you I mean God's honest man you you throw that DRM in there and you lose some of your some of your sales. It may not be, you know, the end all be all, but it's going to cut back on your sales by a good amount. Well, and here here's what I am I think a lot of people aren't seeing right now, and understanding is that you know it's not just Microsoft. Microsoft's doing a really bad job with the PR department right now. They- Dude, whoever is in charge of their PR should be fired immediately because even though this isn't the end of the world for them, they're doing such a poor job with it. And and God's honest truth, I, I uh, went back and watched uh, about half of the Sony presser, and I watched that whole section where the dude fucking announces, like, there's no DRM, right. you can do used games, you can sell used games. Like, they went through that whole thing. And the place is erupting in chants and applause and whooping and hollering. Like, well, people were, were going apeshit. Well, what they did was, as soon as he got that first applause, he let it go. And I, uh, Game Trailers did a uh, – they went back and they, they kind of did the same thing you did. And they watched it again, and they counted how many seconds were in between each of those announcements. And there were 60 right. seconds. So he was allowing that crowd – to cheer for 60 seconds before he make the, made the next announcement. And, so that's and, what happened. That, it made everybody so excited, thinking, holy shit, they're completely doing the opposite. They're doing everything we want them to do. You right. Know, and they weren't really, you know, it, it was kind of, it was a big misdirection because they can easily just say, okay, we're getting a lot of pressure from the publishers. We need to switch this. Granted, we're going to say all of our PlayStation titles aren't going to do that, and Xbox can go back and say, you know what, our original title or our our exclusive content titles are going to be, you know, we're not going to put the DRM on them. Well, yeah, and it's it's interesting because uh, one of the IGN guys did a uh, uh, an editorial, an, an op-ed, uh, just last night after the Sony presser, and he goes, and he was talking about the fact that this literally could have gone either direction. This could have been a situation where all the big game companies, Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony, or just Microsoft and Sony, all of them said, hey, we're enabling a DRM-type system, and they could have you know, hidden it or, or uh, polished it any way they wanted. You know, Microsoft has done it the way they did. Right. But all of them could have been like, hey, we're all helping out the publishers and the developers because the publishers and the developers are missing out on the used game market, and we're in this together, and we're all been and – and he was talking about it. He's like, if they all had done that – and he said Sony very easily could have come out tonight and just said, yeah, got it too – sorry, this is the next generation of gaming, deal with it. And if they had all done that, if they had all gone that direction, there is nothing anybody could have done about it. We would have all, either every single console gamer would have all had to gone to the PC because the PC is the place where you can pick and choose what you want to do. And let's be honest, the PC will always be more powerful because you can always put a new graphics card and new power supply. Like That's its own thing. But either all the console gamers would have had to gone to PC gaming or all the console gamers would have had to eat crow, deal with it, and fucking buy the systems as they were with the DRM. But he goes, as it turns out, it didn't go that way. And Sony fucking took a leap and said, we're going to go the side of the gamer rather than the side of the publisher and the developer. Well, but if you listen to the Sony press conference, they said – because when they started talking about the cloud, and that's where I was really listening because I wanted to hear what they said. Their cloud is different than what 
the Xbox cloud is. Their cloud right. is only to download or only to play the games of PlayStation 1, 2, and 3. There's not going to be any PlayStation 4 games on the cloud. So the reason that Microsoft there – and I guarantee, I guarantee the publishers said, look, if you're going to have this, when you pop in the game, it puts a digital copy up there where they can share it. You know, And if they want to go over to a friend's house and they plug onto their profile, they can play it. But it puts a digital copy on that in, uh, on their game system. Right. You're going to have to do some kind of regulations because what's going to keep them from taking that game, taking it back to GameStop, and returning it, and still having access to the game? So then, the one of the other things right. they were talking about was that they would have to buy. You and, know, they're, they're, no, really quick. If we go back to the, if we go back to the Xbox 360. When they came out with the Elite and the Slim and the new style Xbox 360, that's when they also introduced that you could upload the game or download the game to your system. You remember that? Right, but you had to put the game in the system. Always had to have the disc. So, honestly, the PS4 could do the exact same thing. The PS4 could do the identical thing that the 360 did and go, okay, well, fine, then, then we'll, play it, we'll play your game and we'll play it this way. When you the game will run off of the system, but you have to put the game in the system for it to work. The system won't use the disc, but as long as you have the disc, you can run it off your system whenever you want. And that solves the whole digital versus, you know, Well, one physical. of the other things that they're saying is they may end up, and this may end up going to both systems, is that they may end up charging you for a licensing. You know, so whatever the licensing is on the the game, you know, consider complete bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. So if you if you trade in your game, then you'll have to buy a new licensing for that used game. Yeah, that's bullshit. So I mean, but that's a way around, you know, of of being able to use you know multiple used games over and over again. Right, but this is my problem with how they have, which, which this has been my problem with how every fucking industry in the world has treated piracy. Right. The answer to piracy is, let's hurt the people that are playing fairly. This is what pisses me off about DRM, and this is what's pissed me off about how every fucking industry has dealt with this shit. And there have been a few outliers, and, and to throw it over to Steam and, and Gabe Newell, they've been one of the outliers that have defeated it every time, and he's released all of their numbers to show it. And he's like, you don't fucking defeat piracy by hurting the people that are pay paying fairly. You fucking put out good enough product that people want to pay for it. Right. And you support the product by how good it is, and you make it good enough that people aren't going to want to pirate it. They're going to want to give you money because it's so fucking good. And when he released his numbers about the portal games and all that kind of shit, he goes, look, we have a percentage. There's about 15% of our shit that's stolen that's pirated. But he goes, you know what? We've got 85 fucking percent that's doing way better that's making all this fucking money because our shit's so good and we have such a good name and people trust of us because we do so well that we're, we're a solid company and we don't have to worry about the piracies. Like if you do a good enough job and people like what you do, you don't have to worry about the fucking piracy. Right. Whereas the other angle is, hey, we're pirated all the time. So a, a way to defeat piracy is let's fuck all those motherfuckers that are paying for our game. Since you paid for our game, you're going to have to jump through all these loopholes. You're going to have to enter codes and you're going to have to have a license fee and you're going to have to do this because you wanted to buy our game legally. And it's like, whoa, why are we hurting the people that are doing it correctly and following the rules? No, I get that. And, you know, the bad thing is, you know, 
it's almost like the companies are at they're damned that they do they're damned that they don't you know they want to be able to offer this extended technology to people but you can't it, you know you can't offer something like a digital copy it's, it's it's like if you got your movie you know and you you put your digital copy onto your computer you return the movie you know and somebody else gets a digital copy and then they put it back on their computer you know Unfortunately, I see I see the publishers. You know they're losing money. Thirty percent of gamers, re, you know, use or trade in used games. So that's a big percentage of what they don't. You know, that's of return money that the publishers aren't getting. Totally agree. So that that's what this whole so, DRM thing has come from. Yeah, but here's my thing, and and what you just went off of saying is okay. So, you know, uh, so I put a digital copy on my computer. Well, if they're able to do this whole new system where I have to buy a licensing fee or a code only works once, then why am I not able to do this? Why can I not buy the game, which I own? See, like right now, if I go buy a movie, I go buy Batman Begins. Right. I bought that movie and I put it into my system and I play it 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 and I put it in my 360 and my PS3 and my Blu-ray player. And it works and works and works. And then I take it over to your house and I put it in your 360 and your PS3 and I put it in your Blu-ray player and it works there. And then Ethan does it and then Chris does it. Everybody's able to watch that movie that I purchased. Nobody's got any DRM on that. So that's not a, a problem. And it's worked since the dawn of time of people creating movies and music and everything else. I buy the CD or I buy the DVD or the Blu-ray or whatever and I, it's mine and I get to do with it what I want. So if we're going to do this whole digital thing, then why don't you set it up since, since we're talking about licensing fees and we're talking about being able to only use codes once. And Microsoft has said that, like, if you don't check in online, it doesn't work anymore and all that stuff. Well, then what's preventing them from doing a situation where I buy the retail copy, which I own. That's my retail copy. I got it. I can put the digital copy on my system. There's my system. My digital copy is on my system. And then the game doesn't allow any more digital copies ever to be uploaded. Right, and see, so, that's where that's where they have run into the problem with. Then you can't take that game and it'd be a used game that somebody can buy and put it well, onto their system digitally. And since well, with the Xbox, 3, Xbox One, every game becomes a digital copy once you put it in your system, then... Well, see, then that... That's them being then that's them not having the foresight and the ability, uh, the ability to, to see this coming and and kick you know shooting themselves in the foot because if you and I don't know now this is where I need to separate I don't have the technical know-how and I don't know exactly what they're doing with the technology so I I may be jumping out of my realm of what I know what I'm doing right but if they're having all this fucking technology to be able to shut you down in 24 hours or one hour at somebody else's place and you're not allowed to share a game with anybody unless they've been your friend on Xbox Live for 30 days, like if all those parameters are set up and they have the technology to have all those, you know, green lights, red lights and those lockdowns and unlocks, then why don't why have they not set it up where you buy you if you buy the digital game, that's all you get. You go on to Xbox Live, you buy a digital game, there's your digital game, it's done, that's it. There's your digital game on your account that's not shareable. Well, if you go to the store and you buy a disc copy, you, you buy your retail copy, that automatically comes with one digital download. And you can download that digital download onto your system, and now you have 
Infamous 3 on your Xbox One, which I know is impossible because it's exclusive, but I'm okay. just fucking doing a thing here. You go ahead and you get Infamous 3, and you put it on your Xbox One, and there's your digital copy, and then you have the retail copy. And that retail copy can be resold and reused and sent to other friends, and other people can use it. It just can never be digitally uploaded to another Xbox. It's just a retail copy. It's just a disc. What, why, why doesn't that work out? Because See, then everybody wins. I, I, and I honestly, I think we're actually onto something here because I don't think – I think Microsoft put this out there, and they didn't really – investigate the whole thing. They just wanted to put this out there. They came up with this idea and they said, hey, let's see what happens. Let's let's throw the shit on the wall and see what sticks and what doesn't. What you just said right there would be the best thing. If I buy, you know, Halo 6, well, obviously we're not to that, but, you know, if I buy Halo 6 and it comes with a digital copy and I buy that and I put that on my system, so now I have the digital copy. I also have the game in my hand. Now, if I want to trade that game in, if you go buy that game used, it, once you put that game into the system, it should come up on the screen. And this is where Microsoft needs to really think about this. And, and I'm going to actually put this on the air, so we're going to be able to hear this. Um, what they need to do is they once you put that game in and you're logged on to the Internet, it should come up, would you like to purchase a digital copy? And then you can purchase it for like, I don't know, you know. Whatever, five ninety nine or, or four ninety nine or right. ten Nine ninety nine, whatever the fuck it's going to be. Right. But so then that money goes to the publisher. You know, a percentage of that money goes to the publisher. A percentage of the money goes to whoever the console is. You know, Xbox or PlayStation. Then that way, you still that disc can still be reused over and over again, and they can still get you to buy the game. This would work great, especially with GameFly and everything. You can, you know, if you got the game from GameFly and you're playing it and you're playing it and you really decide you like the game, it could come up and say, "Hey, do you want to purchase the digital copy of this?" And then you can buy, you know. Then you you've made more money from the people that just do the renting. Yep. There's there's some options here that I don't know if they already know about. I for all we know, they've already got this in their back pocket and they're just holding on to it and they're waiting for the storm to blow over before they release all this information. Or otherwise, they were unbelievably short sighted and didn't see this stuff coming and and they've been hit in the face. As of right now, I think and it's a combination of both. Yeah, but I mean, as of right now, all we have is the internet, and right. the internet response, and the fanboy responses, and then the, the gamer responses, and forums, and all the different gaming websites. And so far, overwhelmingly right now at this moment of E3, until more and more answers come out from Microsoft and from Sony, as of right now, it is a landslide victory for Sony with the PS4. And this is just purely because of this whole stupid DRM right, situation. It has nothing to do with games or anything like that. Because let's face it, PlayStation only showed us, or Sony only showed us maybe one or two exclusive titles that were really, you know, good. That that are new properties. You know, the, right. uh, I think the one that stands out the most is the uh, the Order. That game looks amazing, and all they showed us was the first cinematic, really. But uh, listening, well, to and that that caught my eye and i was like oh my dear god just the graphics alone on it was the division yes oh yeah the division blew me away and i'm not necessarily the the first guy that's going to jump into every single first person shooter and that one is third person everything but the second that started up i i literally was glued to the television watching that yeah both of those i i was completely i i, I was amazed by um what i was a little disappointed in was destiny 
and I think it's just because they've still got a lot of bugs to work out with it. But, I mean, it, it had a lot of impressive things in it. I like the, the parties of being able to join and the different things like that and people running into whatever you're playing. But, man, they had a lot of glitches. Yep. So, and there's going to be a lot of ebb and flow to this, too. There's going to be over the next, you know, over the next six months or whatever until November, which I know my, my math was horrible right there. Right. But over the next few months until we get to November, until we start getting to the launch dates for both of these systems, there's going to be some ebb and flow here. Sure. There are going to be new titles that are announced as exclusives for each uh, uh, console. And there's going to be some of these games that might have been announced as exclusives that all of a sudden become a exclusive for Microsoft for two months and then gets released on PS4 and PC. Well, that's what or they're saying. vice versa. They're there's going to be some of, of that, the, yeah. Games the gaps. Yeah, they're saying a lot of that. Um, you know, there's the the, the uh, exclusive content or this game's going to be released earlier on this system or or that system. Um, but here's the one thing that micro the PlayStation really, really, you know, they, they did a good job with saying, hey, you know what? We're coming in $100 cheaper. They were scared to death that Microsoft was going to come in at 399 because they knew that they can't go down to 349 and, sure. if they, and if they came in at 399 which was what Xbox was coming in, if, if Xbox came in at that, then they knew that with the PSI, they would have been over Xbox. Well, and I'll tell you this. I mean, you've got... As of right now, let's set aside the extras, which are like the different kinds of uh, added features that the Xbox One with the Kinect integration and the voice commanding. Let's set aside some of those extra things, and let's just go with purely our gaming side of things. When you look at the architecture setup for the PS4 and the Xbox One, they're almost identical, oh, yeah. and I, I feel there's a slight advantage just gaming processes to the PS4, and it's a tiny advantage. Both systems are 500 gigabytes, and they've already, they already announced today that the PS4 is 500 gigs, and they also announced that it's going to be a removable hard drive just like before with the PS3, and you can replace it with a larger hard drive. Well, that's what so, the, the, the Xbox One has a removable hard drive as well. Exactly. So both of these guys have the same hard drive going. They both have... Uh, a replaceable hard drive system. Their architectures are almost identical. So then, when you throw that, when you throw those ideas out there, and we kind of just, you know, I know there's there's a lot to be said for the extra things that can be done with the Xbox One. Uh, as far as Netflix, Hulu, all of those kinds of offers, those are going to be free on the PlayStation Plus network. And that was one of the questions. Will those things be behind a p the paywall? You know, basically, will I have to pay for my Netflix and all that stuff? And they came out today and said, no, those things are going to be free for all PlayStation 4 users. Right. Those so are with free. all starting to hit, you know, that, that $100 price difference is going to start becoming a bigger gap. But see, here's the thing. You cannot do any motion type game on the PlayStation 4 without having the eye. So if you're if you're doing, you know, if, if you got into motion gaming with the PS3, you have to have that eye, which is $60. So now you've cut it down the cost between the two of them down to 40. Right. And now you start to have to pick and choose what are the what are the options and features that you want and what are the options and features that you do not want. Right. Do you notice that they didn't go over anything on the PlayStation controller about the, the touchscreen or any of that stuff, how it integrates into any of the games? None of that was mentioned. No. 
they touched on the share, like the share button and being able to share and uploading to Facebook and all that, that stuff. Was- they jumped onto that thing a little bit. But yeah, they didn't touch the 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 uh, interactive touchpad at all, and they didn't touch the LED light on the top, which uh, I'm sure now again, let's go through the rest of v three. I'm sure a lot of information will come out with that. I'm sure there are going to be some gaming companies there, some of the publishers and developers that are like, "Hey, we're going to do something with this touchpad." But uh, I mean, it's a new toy. It's a, it's a that, that touchpad and the LED. Those are new toys that they haven't been able to play with. It's like the Connect uh, and the and the uh, the the uh, Sony Eye, uh, and and also the you know the PlayStation Move and all those the wands that they had. All that stuff were new toys, and there were developers and publishers and companies all throughout E3. They were like, hey, look what we can do with Connect, and hey, look what we're doing with the voice command, look what we can do with this. So I think over the course of the week we'll find out more about that. But that was very interesting that there was literally like, yeah, don't worry about the touchpad. Yep. Well, see, here's the thing, and this is where where PlayStation has always seemed to got you to get you. And I know Xbox did it a little bit last, you know, last generation. But everything that you want, they want you to do that's extra, you're going to have to pay for. You know, the wands, the extra eye, you know, and all this different stuff. You end up paying, and by the time you buy all of the hardware, you've spent more than what the you know what the Xbox Four or what the Xbox One is now, you know, offering. Well, and I mean, if you look at when the Xbox first came out with the Kinect, unless you wanted to go ahead and buy a whole new Xbox 360 bundle, if you already owned an Xbox 360, you had to purchase the Kinect as well. So it, it's kind of a balancing act. Yeah. Uh, are we for sure that the uh, the I for the PS4 is 60 bucks? Yes, they made that announcement. Um, matter of fact, the uh, Sony guys made the announcement themselves. Okay, so so we've got 60 on that thing. So we're still 40 bucks off of the the xbox one so yeah now now it's going to be now the war is going to come down to what what does each system do what is it capable of and what's what's that next step i mean here's the other thing with the ps4 if they start integrating voice command with their the like if the ps4 i also has voice command i mean now we're depending on how good their technology how well it's built i mean now we're talking about xbox one and ps4 on equal footing if it doesn't have that voice command system and it doesn't have the kind of system that connect does then there's a little bit there we're back on the separation thing if we go back to gaming you know uh, a lot of people find the connect gaming style to be more of a fad and not so much of a core gaming option and that's why with the the and see this is where the separation is going to happen if they're if the PlayStation I does, you know, it, it has the the moving like the Connect and has the voice command like the Connect, this is where Xbox is going to have the advantage, is because now they're in Generation Two. You know, they've gone with an infrared light, so now you can be in the dark and it will find you. Now it works. The voice command can distinguish between player A and player B, and the the eye itself, you know, the laser eye on the Connect now is even more powerful. So this is where PlayStation, being in their first generation, is going to have to go through all those trial and errors to get with what the Kinect is now. And the, the question comes down to, did they get it right on the first try? Is it, is it a badass machine right on the first try? Or is there going to be some learning curve to it, and are there going to be problems with it? If it's great on the first try, then you don't really have to worry about anything. If there's going to be a learning curve to it and there's some issues with it, then there's they're going to be behind Xbox on that side of the, the pond. So Well, you know, even being over here using mine, that how the, the Kinect 
it would work great sometimes, and other times it would be, you know, kind of iffy, and then other times you had to stand there waving your arms back and forth like you're fucking, ha- you know, having a seizure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I've I've played Connect on more than three different uh, Xboxes and three different people's homes, and each time there were issues. It wasn't recognizing hands. It wasn't recognizing my height. I'm six three, so it wasn't recognizing me because I was too tall, and we had to constantly recalibrate because the guys I was playing with were shorter with, than me, and I was taller, and it had trouble trying to determine between the two sizes of people. It had problems. Uh, I've I've always noticed problems with the voice commands. You know, you connect, and it doesn't recognize you. Connect, it doesn't recognize you. Connect, and it recognizes you. Right. And so, I, you know, to see how, you know, uh, you know, how finite the control is with the new Connect, and how dexterous it is and being able to handle different voices and different people, uh, if it's as enhanced as they say it is, then it's going to be a huge leap forward for all of that integration. If it's still touch and go, then, you know, what the hell? I'm, I'm dealing with the same thing I was dealing with before. Right. Well, you know, some of the so-called experts, you know, have been talking about, well, you know, all these other functions about the Xbox, you know, are they good? Are they bad? You know, if you remember when the PlayStation 3 announced that they were putting a Blu-ray in their system, everybody freaked out thinking, well, we don't need a Blu-ray. It's not going to do that much. It's not going to enhance it that much more. You know, and then all of a sudden, people were going, wait, I can't live without the Blu-ray in it. Now, look, the Xbox is putting the Blu-ray in there. So all this technology that, that uh, and this integration stuff that Microsoft's putting in there may end up coming back in, you know, five years or less, going, whoa, wait a minute. I wish the PlayStation could do this, too. Sure. And that's that's going to be that kind of separation of the second generation for for the Microsoft side and the first generation for the PlayStation side and see, you know, how good the PlayStation one is coming out of the bat and how advanced the second version is for the Microsoft one. Right. Well, let's face it. You know, the PlayStation rep or the PlayStation, you know, execs have been saying, you know, everything that Microsoft is telling you they're doing now with their system is what we told you we were going to do with the PlayStation 3, or we announced with the PlayStation 3. It was going to be future-proof. It was going to be able to do all these extra things, you know, other than just play games. Right. But Microsoft is taking it one step further and saying, yeah, you did it a little bit, but look what you can actually do with these systems. Not only can you play fantastic games, and the games look, you know, almost identical on each system, you know, until we actually have them, have the systems out there and get the gameplay going and everything like that, it's going to be really hard to tell which one is actually a better gaming system. But right now, you know, the Xbox does have a lot more features. And I think all of this right now, all the big talk online and everything right now has come down to one thing. It has nothing to do with the DRM, has nothing to do with the price, has nothing to do with which system is better or not. It comes down to Microsoft did a very poor job with making their announcement and telling people, oh, look, here's what we're going to do that's going to affect you bad and not what's good. Yep, and and they failed miserably at that attempt, and and they are still I- in a ditch right now trying to pull themselves out of the fire. I, I agree. As of right their their PR move on the whole DRM issue their their asses are in the fire right now and it's going to we're going to have to see what happens we're going to have to really see what happens because they're going to have to do a 180 on their uh on their PR work for this thing I wouldn't see a pr- I, I won't see a, I, I will tell you I probably won't see a price change a price drop on the system before first quarter of next year but if they get beat out in that last fourth quarter in the beginning of first quarter of you know the retail year 
next year. I bet you you'll see the price of the Xbox drop fifty percent or fifty dollars. And it's possible. And I, I guarantee you, between once they get back to you know to Microsoft headquarters and they sit down and go, oh shit, we blew E three just because we didn't make the right announcements or we didn't say the right things. You're going to see a massive PR campaign come out. I hope they do because if they don't, they're looking pretty poor after you know day zero of E3. Yeah. The other thing that um, kind of got brought up um, in passing today was that for something like the Xbox, because you can integrate you know and television and it's going to be online all the time, it's a great opportunity for an internet provider who knows, hey, wait a minute, we're going to have this customer for years. And if we say we're going to have a $60 gaming, you know, um, connection for you, you know, if you join our, our thing, we'll give you X amount of dollars off of your purchase of an Xbox if you get the Internet provider through us. That may come back and be a major, you know, a good thing for Microsoft. Yeah, but if Microsoft starts pulling that with one Internet provider, then Sony will try to pull it with somebody else. That'll just be a matching game. Well, but the big difference is with it being online all the time, it's going to be the Xbox is going to be a little bit more appealing to an internet provider than the PlayStation. Totally, totally. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. E3, it's been very interesting. You know, m Nintendo has been quiet the whole time. They changed their they didn't have a big conference like they were planning. They just basically did something with their fans on the Nintendo network. Um, and made their announcements there, but didn't have a big conference and you know big hoop -de hoop the law ho hoop de do whoop de do whatever. That was poor. I know, wasn't it? But still, <laughs> you know, they they've really they've let the two big boys fight it out and just come out and say, hey, you know what? We have Mario Kart Eight coming out. We have Smash Brothers coming out with Mega Man on it. Mega Man has been announced for Smash Brothers, which is awesome. Yeah, you know, even even <laughs> Zelda's been kind of quiet. There's a new game that's got robots and dinosaurs on an open world island. Yep, saw that. I mean, come on, that's awesome. Yeah. So All right, I gotta run, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, right, it's dude. it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, E3. We'll have our big E3 wrap up show, you know, and we'll get uh, we'll get our Sony guy in here who can give us even more details on that, and we'll see what mm -hmm. Microsoft has to say after it, you know, and uh, we'll see what goes from there. Blah blah and stuff. Right. November should be interesting. Yep. 